Welcome to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I am William Ramada. This podcast is to help you remember that you have a purpose in life. This is to motivate, inspire, and guide you to a happy, fulfilled life. The world can be a noisy place, and we tend to lose focus on the purpose of our individual journeys. I use my various experiences, education, and other modalities to help you cancel out the noise and focus on your needs and desires in your journey. Okay, welcome back to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I'm your host, William Ramada, and I'm going to start off with a poem again from Awaken into Knowing. It's a book that I found, and uh, they had some great poems in there, and I usually put some thoughts into it. This one's called Embrace Change. I don't want anything but peace, a slight reprieve from the madness. This world is so loud. So many thoughts and words cut the human spirit down, taking power from the soul and giving it to fear. I hope these words light a fire in your heart. Resist the urge to stay the same. Embrace change. I know a lot of people, they just don't go on in life doing the things they want to do to find their desires, you know, and or whatever it is, work or play or whatever, because they do. They fear change, and we really do. We need to light that fire in our soul and find out what it is that we desire and go forth. So... You know, part of this podcast is to help people embody this in their lives. So let's let's go on from here. We have Elizabeth Tripp, and we know she likes to embrace some change. So Elizabeth Tripp is a New York-based lifestyle design coach and spiritual teacher. As a featured radio talk show host on Nourish the Soul radio show and podcast, a Thrive global contributor, and a national public speaker. Elizabeth is recognized as a thought leader in spirituality, well-being, and prosperity. She is the owner and founder of ElizabethTrip.com, a life coaching practice where she awakens ambitious women and men to the beauty of the soul's journey by helping them see the true beauty of their body and their life. It is Elizabeth's calling to empower others to feel amazingly healthy and radiate with pure joy because they love themselves and their life more than they ever have before. Elizabeth believes the secret to loving your body and your life starts with believing you deserve to, that you are worth it. She teaches her clients to see their own journey and create their own path by helping them understand who they really are, and the purpose behind why they have chosen the body they have and the life they're leading. With with Elizabeth's unique capacity for sensing and understanding the feelings of others, as well as her ability to feel and communicate with spirit guides and past loved ones, she serves as a bridge between spirit and her community while providing her tribe with permanent solutions to dissolving their struggles with their well-being. 
Elizabeth is a registered dietitian nutritionist and holds a master's in nutritional sciences. She is certified in Yusui, Yusui Reiki practitioner, past life regressionist, trans, transcendental meditation coach, and an apprentice under Alex Den, a master coach studying light body healing and the soul journey. I've known you for a little while, Elizabeth. I, I enjoyed listening to your radio show. And uh, I know you've been out and about. You're traveling the world and teaching all over the place now. <laughs> wow. What an introduction. Thank you, William. I really appreciate such a warm introduction. And, and yes, you know, it's so interesting. We, we met via the radio show that I began in 2017 in New York City. How cool is that? I know. It's... Before I moved to Virginia Beach, actually. Yeah, so now you're down here with us. <laughs> yeah, I got to update that, that intro there um, because I am now a resident of Virginia Beach. And truly, um, New York was a beautiful experience and, mm. and a, a world of change now that I've moved here. So oh, yes. truly, uh, for all the better. Yeah, and you came from the... The rolling hills of New York, where a lot of my family is from, too. That's true. I studied my undergrad at Oneonta, which is where you're originally from, right? Well, my mother lives there now, and uh, I came from the Calicoon area. It's like an hour south, I guess you could say. Yeah, so yeah. somewhere in upstate New York, we right. could say, right? Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Wow, and look at where it brought us now, together in the same town and, and sharing in the same uh, community our wisdom and insights. How beautiful oh, is that? Yeah. We would have never have guessed that in 2017 when we started to become, you know, those kind of friends on air where you would call in and ask me questions and, uh -huh. and participate in, in Nourish the Soul. That was yeah. so fun. And we have the same master coach. and I didn't even know it. One day I was in a session with him. And he was talking about you, and he said, Elizabeth, and it clicked, Elizabeth, and it was something, whatever he was talking about at the time. And I said, is that Elizabeth Tripp? And he looked at me, and he goes, you know her? I said, well, kind of. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. So you had just found your way to the radio show, likely because we had him as a mutual friend. Right. And then, lo and behold, you realize that's me that he's talking about. Yeah, definitely. We have the same coach. Yeah. I just I thought it was funny. I said, just yeah. the way the universe works like that. It does in the most beautiful ways. There's no such thing as a coincidence. It all happens so beautifully. Oh, I tell you, it sure does. When you least expect it, something will come out and say, here you go. <laughs> mm, so true. So true. All right. So let's kind of start off a little bit. Like, just give us a short summary of your story. What what caused you to go into a, to be a diet, dietitian nutritionist and to where mm. you are today? Yeah. I love it when, when I get asked this question because... You know, I think something that we all share as human beings is truly a story that we have been telling ourselves that shapes and creates our lives. And likely, if we haven't realized that the story we're telling is actually 
keeping us stuck or limiting, we're using it to still see our own life and we're actually feeling the impact of that. So I woke up to my story just about six years ago and I'll tell you a little bit about um, who I was like and, and, and what was going on for me before I had this awakening to who I really was. So I grew up, William, as a pretty sensitive little girl. And what I mean by that is I had the ability to um, feel and tune into other people, you know, on a deeper level than everybody else. And at a really young age, at around like five or six, I was, you know, recognizing that I could feel my mom and dad's stuff, their pain, you know, and that I was reacting to, you know, the, the ways that they were maybe getting upset with one another or us, one of you know, I'm one of four in our family. So um, it was just like this big experience for me. Everything was kind of so loud and, and so much for me to process. And so being a sensitive little girl, I, I didn't have anybody to really sort of guide me with, you know, what to do with all the emotion that I was sensing and experiencing. And it's not to say my parents were bad or they were awful people. In fact, I see them as just beautiful teachers. But I needed someone probably to say, you know, how are you doing? What's going on? And and can we, you know, sort of, you know, work with you to better understand how you're feeling? And so because I didn't have that, and right. it was for a reason, I started to look around and figure out, well, like, how can I make myself feel better? You know, what can I do to, you know, in my world, have more peace? And so I could watch TV or I could play video games. But one of the most, you know, I felt rewarding things that I chose for myself as a kid was actually food. Mm. Because I could just go upstairs into my kitchen, open the cabinet, find the Lucky Charms or the ramen noodles or the Pringles. <laughs> and I would take one bite, William, and it would make me feel so much better. Like all that, you know, anxiety or worry or stress that as a little kid I was seemingly taking on and feeling I didn't feel in that moment. And I didn't recognize at the time that I was actually pushing my emotions down. But lo and behold, as the years passed by, I became eight, nine, ten. That little girl body that I had became a bigger girl body. Mm. And I didn't really know that until I was at a birthday party and I had a bathing suit on. And another little girl said, wow, you have a belly. And here I am like nine years old. I didn't even realize that my body had changed. And I looked down and it's like, okay, I have a belly. And because they giggled and laughed and it was embarrassing, I thought, you know, this is bad. You know, yeah, there's there's yeah. something wrong with me. So I can remember thinking at that young age, you know, that I already was, you know, made bad, that there was something that there was it was broken about me and not right. And and from that point on, I saw myself that way. And so again, a couple years later, I'm in middle school. And because my confidence coming into this place in my life was already low because I had felt these, you know, feelings of being, you know, funny and different and, and bigger than the other kids, I was picked on. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a target for teasing. And there was one particular incident where um, these boys who had been teasing me for quite a bit of time, they drew this picture of me and it was of a, a, a school bus and they stuffed it into my locker. And I remember opening up my locker and this paper fell to the ground and I um, opened it up to look at this drawing and right on the front of it, it said, Elizabeth, you're as big as a bus. Mm. And I 
just froze. I mean, my whole heart just like felt like it broke in half. And I just remember that day really like with the tears streaming down my face and hearing them laughing. It was like a breaking point for me because I had been now telling myself for so many years there was something wrong. I was bad. I was different. But at this time, it was like, and now I'm just not beautiful. I'm ugly. And it felt like it just cemented right into me. It was like, this is it. And from that point forward, I decided that I was going to change myself, that I was going to prove to everybody else that I wasn't broken, that I didn't need to be fixed, that there wasn't something wrong with me, that I was beautiful. And I was going to show them that I could be that. So I looked around and I thought, okay, what is beautiful? What do people think is beautiful in a, in a you know, um, someone that they find is likable and attractive that in their eyes would then be, you know, perfect and, mm-hmm. and radiant and healthy. And it just so happened culturally and socially at that time, my idols or, you know, the people that I would see on music videos, you know, remember watching MTV and see like the videos. It was so cool. Um, Was Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. And they were tiny women, you know, with blonde hair and, you know, uh, big chests and bright smiles. And it was like, that's who I have to look like. And so looking back, you know, now I see I just gave all my power to everybody else to really define for me how I saw and understood myself. And that choice, that decision to change myself to be what everybody else considered, you know, healthy, attractive, lovable, it changed my whole life. And I did get very um, focused on fixing my body following a regimented diet that would, you know, give me the result that would lend me to look more like what was considered socially and culturally beautiful. But it led me to be so hard on myself. And I began to be so hard on everybody else too. And so as I got older and into relationships and and started to discover, you know, the beauty of them, I also discovered, you know, the pain of them because my partner could never do anything right. And they could never make me happy or satisfied because I was still trapped in so much pain trying to prove or show to them that I could feel good about myself, that I was, you know, enough or lovable and a beautiful human being. So very long story short, just to kind of help you guys see the overview, this led me, you know, to get a degree in nutrition, but also a degree in relationships not working out and being very hard and painful and challenging. So coupled with my knowledge and and being able to, you know, say to people, this is what you need to do to change yourself. And along with feeling unhappy and almost like a fraud when I would sit across from people and say, you know, this is how you lead a good life and you're healthy and you look good and feel good about yourself. And on the other side, feeling like, wow, I don't feel good. I'm not happy. And I'm telling them to do something differently, you know, that's really not getting to the source of what's really paining them. I'm feeling so unhappy. Like life is just like not going well. I, you know, reached a point where I hit rock bottom and that rock bottom literally looked like me feeling like I didn't want to carry forward in my life. I didn't have a reason. Nothing was working out for me. I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel like 
who I was was a beautiful person. And that's when my life changed because I met someone that actually helped me unravel that story and helped me see that these experiences that I had with my family, with these kids who teased me at school, were a part of my life design for me to, at a certain point, wake up to who I was, to see the value in the experiences that I had and the people that I had had these relationships with and what kind of life I really wanted to lead and how to really make a difference in other people's relationship with their body and and their nutrition. So that's how I got here. Yeah, it's such an amazing story. I know I've heard it before, of course, but it's just like every time you hear it, though, it, it really brings out everything, you know, mm. that, because it's still something that happens in the world today, right? You hear it all the time with body shaming and uh, or people that that they did gain weight, then they go to totally opposite and they they lose too much. Yeah. Yes. And uh, to find that balance is so important in everything in life, not just in weight. Mm-hmm. And, and you do that in your practice. But you also mentioned, you know, about you kind of try to make people, th- make them think that you were happy, but deep inside you really weren't. And you were Oh, inf- yeah. And you were inflicting the pain on others, sort of. I guess you could say it that way. And we all kind of like put this mask on occasionally, don't we? And um, it, it got me thinking because we wear this mask, but I think we believe that mask is hiding things from other people, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend that we had, uh, Joan Elizabeth, you know, one day I was talking to her and, you know, because I was kind of going through some things and I... And I said, when I was when I was young, I was a pretty eccentric person. I was different, you know. Mm. People would look at me and just say, you know, they called me Billy back then. You know, I was, you're different, you know. And sh- she said, what do you talk about used to? You are. Mm. And I was like, I thought I was hiding it. But, mm-hmm. but you don't really. People can see through those things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the and the real um, interesting thing is, William, or Billy, which you like me to call you. <laughs> oh, William's fine. Thank you. <laughs> is that, you know, as soon as we put on a mask, right, it's almost like we've told ourselves that who we are isn't acceptable to the world, isn't right to the world, isn't um, made the way the world will um, approve of. Right. And it's like almost like we then cover up this beauty of ourselves, this Mm. true nature of who we are, this essence of our light that just shines so brightly, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't like do that like consciously. It's almost like we think, okay, they said something about me and we personally make these determinations. And that's like almost like when we put on this mask, it's like, okay, so I must be this then, which means I'm wrong or bad or broken or not enough in some way or ugly or not smart. Mm -hmm. And so now I have to be something else. Now I have to choose what I see as acceptable out there or more um, praised and be that myself. So I almost have to work harder Mm. to be something that I'm naturally not. And 
you can see when someone does that, the inauthenticity of yes. it, right? Because if you're not naturally happy and you do a big smile, <laughs> don't you ever look at someone and think like, That's there's fake. something really weird going on yeah. with them. It's really fake, yeah. right? So that's how we can see that outward expression of like, there's something there that they're trying to hide or cover, but underneath that, there is also maybe a sadness or a pain because they've told themselves something that is not true, that has covered up their light or the beauty of who they truly are and have come to this life to know and express. Does that make sense, the way I say it? Oh yeah, it's beautifully expressed. And uh, that brings me, because because your practice is love your body, love your life. So when I hear that, that tells me I could be big, I could be small, I could be whatever, you know, muscular or skinny, but I still have to accept myself. Like you were just saying, I don't have to be what somebody else wants me to be. Absolutely, because from my perspective, we have come to this journey as a soul to experience this spectrum of life that we have, right? We right. identify the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, and we choose certain experiences and, and the design of our life to be able to fulfill these aspects that are necessary for us to then experience this you know, journey to learn and grow and understand ourselves. And one of the things that we choose is our bodies. And usually when I say that, people are like, oh, wait, what? If they're not really fully inside this world of understanding the soul journey, they'll, they'll say, what do you mean by that? Yes. But, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, what? That could be possible. I could have never chose my big nose or my flat butt or my, you know, round belly. And right. it's like a chuckle. It's like, well. You <laughs> You did. And here's the thing. So we choose our body to be a tool for ourselves, to be a tool for ourselves to better understand who we are. And that's because we spend our whole life with ourselves. You know, introduce me to one person who says they're outside of their body and can live outside of it and still enjoy food and dancing and human relationships and, and have the human experience. You right. can't. That's astral plane traveling. Right. So we're inside the body having what we call human life experience, emotion, interpretation of experience related to ourself. And so we come into this life having chosen the body to have the experience of the pain and challenge so that we can then, you know, at some point, use our body in fact to help us work out what it is that we've been saying to ourselves or feeling to ourselves that is showing up physically for us that has changed our original body that we have come to this life and chosen that is making it feel like we don't like it that it's uncomfortable that somehow it's not healthy there's actually something that has occurred in our life that is showing up inside of our bodies that is telling us there's something that we're thinking and feeling that we need to look at and address because our body has been with us the whole time and it keeps a record and it keeps a, um, a, a basically a, um, a holding of everything that we think and feel. I'm going to use record. It just keeps a record of everything we think and feel. 
So does that help you see how I see the body? Oh, yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because our body does, it remembers everything, all the stress, the anger, the just everything that that we have throughout our lives. And it affects our body, our mind, our soul. It, it affects everything. Yeah. And like an example I love to give is like, you know, let's say we're a kid and, you know, we're playing on the playground and we go to, you know, invite someone to go play kickball with us. And they look at us and say, "Ew, no way would I want to play with you. You have such a big nose or your your legs are too short. You know, I wouldn't ever want to play with you. And we're just like. What I was just wondering if they wanted to play, and now we're having to actually interpret what they said to us. And if we, in that experience, personalize it because it hurts, we'll say something maybe like, "Maybe there's something wrong, or maybe I am bad, or maybe I am not, you know, uh, good looking." And if we accept it, it then becomes a truth that we then look at ourselves through. And think about this: that truth, William it feels bad. It doesn't actually, you know, give off a good, happy, peaceful feeling for ourselves. And if as a kid, we don't know how to process that, we feel embarrassed, we feel bad, we feel, you know, sad, we don't let that out, our body still experiences it. Mm -hmm. And if we don't let it out, it has to go somewhere. The energy has to go somewhere because emotions are just energy in motion. Right. But if we don't let it out, it stops moving. So it has to settle somewhere. And the body is so naturally intelligent. It wants to be in balance. So it wants to have harmony. It will, on a, on a, on a, a scientific level, if we think about put out a cascade of different reactions that will cause the body to actually create something to protect that area, um, to try to create more balance in that area. So it may cause inflammation. It may, you know, signal to the cells to come and create a mass around it. It may um, signal for us to actually put tissues or padding like extra fat. It may direct the fat to build there all around emotion that we had when we were on a playground when someone said something that hurt us that we never let out and then years later our body's expressing that because we still see ourselves as what we had um, said to ourselves that day like bad ugly not good enough something's wrong with me and we've never actually processed it right yeah that had me thinking there for a minute because uh it happened when you're a kid and then you think you forgot about it because you're living your life yeah and then all of a sudden years down the road where this stuff is happening to your to your body and then all of a sudden you it comes back to you because you think oh i forgot about that and actually you didn't all that trauma the anger the stress everything that happened is built right inside your body just held there waiting to explode Exactly. And, and we as a culture, we actually don't, um, we're not taught to value our bodies in a way that they are like sacred temples for ourselves. We're actually taught very early on that we should, you know, you know, um, 
you know, uh, train our bodies, you know, very hard to, you know, put them to work or put them down because they're not fast enough or they don't make the time or that they, you know, don't seem to be able to metabolize everything correctly. We, we tend to hold an image of ourselves socially and culturally that our bodies are somehow come in not working well or right when in fact they hold the, the key to us having health and happiness and peace in our lives. They have all the information and the answers inside of us and it wants to be healthy. It has a desire to be in balance. It knows how to do that. And so if we had that heavy emotion and a story running as a result of that, that's not healthy, it will show us. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So, so a good question would be, we see all these things on the media, in movies, TV, uh, magazines, what is portrayed as the perfect body or the perfect person, you know? A handsome guy with full head of hair. I don't have a full head of hair. And maybe when I was younger, I, I had a negative idea about that. Yeah. So, and now I'm in my 50s and I have less hair. Mm -hmm. So how would you suggest that somebody like me or somebody maybe that's overweight or come come to acceptance of their body to move on and to fulfill their purpose in life mm, right it's really it's a big question right because so many people have had those conversations like i wish i had this in my physical appearance and not that right. and something i like to just really anchor in for people is that you know from a perspective of looking at life from a soul, again, we chose to come to this journey to learn and grow and, and every aspect of our life has been designed for us and by us, including our bodies. And because there's no one soul designed the same, mm -hmm. you know, no one soul, these you can think of a soul like a beautiful bride, you know, like effervescent light shining in the sky, right? No one has ever been designed the same. And no one soul has the same work to fulfill. There's right. no one soul to fulfill the same work the same, right? So then how could that soul have the same body as somebody else, right? Because every soul is here to do something differently, to experience life differently, to learn something differently for themselves, to be able to better understand uniquely who they are. And so these bodies then need big hands if they're going to be crafting things, right? right? Or long legs if they're going to be running distances. Or, you know, they're going to have to have less hair if they're going to be, you know, maybe um, swimming, right, mm -hmm. a lot. Or, you know, they're going to need more muscle mass if they're going to be here to be active. Some are going to be, you know, have bigger butts or smaller chests or, you know, um, different kinds of eyes to fulfill some aspect of this journey for themselves. So you want to remember everything about your body has been designed perfectly for you. And the aspects that we don't like because there's a social standard opinion around them, it's just helping us see a point of view that we once held about ourselves that somehow, because I don't have that, there's something that is not right or okay about myself. When in truth, if that exists there, then it must have existed somewhere else. Right. And so it's like we have to then dig a little bit deeper and say, well, where did you then create? And I know you've done this work, an opinion that, that somehow I wasn't made enough or that who I am is bad because it's simply not true. Right. You are just made in the image of the creator. 
of the universe. Some say God. And if that's, if that's the way that is, then how could anything about you be made um, wrong or not enough or not um, in some way beautiful? And so it's that kind of intimate conversation with ourselves that allows us to go, well, who cares then if I don't have all a big mop of hair on my head? Because, you know, saying that that in the past, like I wish I did actually makes me feel like who I am isn't, you know, uh, isn't that great or doesn't feel that, um, you know, good about myself. And that's that's an old conversation. I don't even need that. So it does require that, a little bit of that awareness to be able to say, that's something I got in the past and I don't need to bring it into my present to create my future. That my body is actually very beautiful just as it is. And when I, when I accept that, it will become just as it's supposed to be an expression of who I am. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's like, so that's like you're shifting from the hard to easy, right? That, yes. That's what you're expressing there, because that's something that we've learned and something that we teach, right? Yes, so absolutely. If I've had something happen to me when I was nine years old, and it affected me all these years, and now all of a sudden, okay, I figured that out. Oh, this happened when I was nine. I'm not yeah. nine years old anymore. I don't yeah. have to live that life, that mentality exactly and then William you can say to yourself you know I'm choosing to talk to myself so beautifully so lovingly so kindly I love my hair (laughs) I love my eyes I love my nose and my smile how beautiful am I Mm. because you recognize all those years I've been telling myself why am I this? Why am I not that? How come I'm this not measuring to up to this? Or how come I'm bad here or not enough there? And it's like, that's like taking water away from a flower. And we are flowers just like them. Life right, it's right. you know, growing and expanding and expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. And we need water. And our love is like water and what will help us become beautiful flowers in our life. And so we want to talk to ourselves that way. We want to teach ourselves to be positive and loving towards ourselves. Yeah, take that one good long look in the mirror in the morning. Just tell yourself, I love you. you know, you're, yes. you're a beautiful person or you're smart. Whatever it is you need to tell yourself to get through the day, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And here's an exercise for everyone. You can go and do that because that's a big thing to say and to look at yourself that way and here's the beauty of it go put a piece of paper or take a journal with you and jot down whatever comes up that wants to nullify that Mm. that wants to say that's not true because that's where the beauty of your work begins that's where then you can start to create a more deeper fulfilling and loving relationship with yourself and learn where it is that you need to better understand who you are because these ideas or concepts that were broken or not enough or need fixing, they're not true. They're an illusion of the ways that we have determined ourselves through the experiences that we've been through. Yeah, get rid of those big butts. But he said, <laughs> but he said this, but she said that, but culture yes. says this. Get rid of yes. that big butt and just say, no, this is me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Grow that integrity yes. that you're going to choose this and you're going to go and you're going to be it and you're going to make it a part of your everyday life. That's right. And that's the journey of, you know, putting yourself into a position where you're like, I'm going to have a different life or different outcome for myself. Yes, yes definitely. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's a, it's a lot of a lot to go through, and 
I mean, you could talk about that forever. Oh yeah. But how, how do we? Because I know you're. You teach a lot about um, relationships. Mm-hmm. So, so how, how does the body and relationship? How how are you correlating them together to mm. be successful? Like. Mm. Yeah. Well. We spend every single waking moment with ourselves. Yes, we we mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. And so this relationship we have with ourselves is the most important one we'll ever have because how we think and feel about ourselves actually affects every single relationship we have in our life too, right? So think about it this way. Let's say I still see myself as that little girl who's ugly and and somehow she's broken and, and she needs fixing. Right. And so that creates then for me feelings of shame and sadness and loneliness. And I am still keeping all of that within me. Right. Mm. And I'm thinking that in order for me to be lovable, in order for me to be, um, you know, attractive to someone else, that I have to change who I am. So I have to work really hard to be something that they enjoy or that they can, um, you know, decide to have a relationship with right Mm. so i put on all these conditions for myself and meanwhile i'm saying hey i want a happy beautiful relationship and yet inside what i'm giving out is all this you know shame and pain and sadness and because we are energy our body is energy made up of um you know positive and negative protons and neutrons moving together to create mass right that's energy so are the emotions that I'm not letting out. And so they're actually emulating out into my world. And because like attracts like, I'm actually going to bring back somebody who's similarly, you know, um, with, you know, vibrating at a, a, at a similar frequency. Right. And so lo and behold, now, am I going to attract someone who's very, you know, confident and secure and has a healthy self-image? What do you think? <laughs> I would say no. <laughs> no, right? You, you, you see it all the time out there. Yeah. And plus, I'm going to be insecure about my body and, mm-hmm. you know, who I am. So am I going to want to, you know, share myself freely or be very open or, or have, like, that freedom in the space of intimacy with them, be vulnerable? Mm-hmm. There's going to be all this kind of messiness with it. And so do they really even get to see who I am or do they just know the version of Elizabeth who's trying to prove to herself and them how good she is, how beautiful she is, how worthy she is of their love. And they may be doing something similar, you know. And so now you have two people who are looking at the other conditionally to fulfill a feeling of feeling good about themselves. And so they'll play like what I call tit for tat. Like I did this for you you should be doing this for me Mm -hmm. or I love you so much and I showed you this way and you're not giving that same thing back to me. And this now creates conflict. And it then, you know, if we don't have healthy ways of letting it out, lives in our body. And because we may not have coping skills or tools that are going to help us be able to manage this in a, in a way that's positive for ourselves, we may binge eat or drink, which only makes then it worse. Mm-hmm. And inside the relationship, are we really going to be coming towards a solution towards all the things that are coming up between us? Or are we just going to be pushing them down and now creating more of a separation between ourselves and the other? So can you see how it just like spirals outwards and gets very messy and complicated if we don't actually 
deepen our relationship with ourselves, our own image, our own worth, and how we see and understand ourselves. Right. Yeah, I guess that's why you hear a lot of people say, why do I always get in these kinds of relationships that are volatile that don't work? Yes! <laughs> but then on the other hand, you see people, I've been married 50 years and we love it. So Absolutely. Because I guess from like how you're saying is, if you put that much love in yourself, you can't help but to give out that love. Absolutely. And that's the opposite spectrum and good, good for highlighting that. It's like, if we come back to ourselves and we grow that intimacy and with ourselves, you know, and we identify you know, the things that we're thinking and how we feeling shape and create our life, we can change how we see and understand ourselves, the story we tell, we can bring more health and peace into our own relationship with ourselves and be that light for everybody else, spread that energy into their lives, bring that into our relationships, our homes, our families. And guess what? Everybody goes off to work has multiple different interactions with other people and they can actually bring this energy out to them so we can be like a stone in the pond that ripples out mm. just by creating more of an intimate and healthy positive relationship with ourselves and using our body as a tool like right. as a way to follow um, the conversation that isn't serving us to identify it to see it because the body knows the answer it's expressing mm. it yeah that's amazing wow <laughs> I get really excited about it. <laughs> I can tell. You're very passionate about it. <laughs> well, many years of living it and then learning it and then teaching it. You know, it's, yeah, it's well, I, get my, I bring my dad's passion in. It. He's, he's passionate oh. about politics, but oh. luckily I'm neutral. So I just yeah. get passionate about body and spirituality and living a healthy life. So <laughs> It's probably safer that way. <laughs> it is. It is. Very much so. More peaceful. Yeah. So is that all, does that all encompass the relationship, the key to successful relationship then is how you see yourself? And well, I mean, it's a foundation to it for certain, right? But there are other aspects to yeah. a healthy relationship, you know, but when it always starts and ends with you. And that's what I tell other people, for sure. It begins and ends with you. And the relationship you have with yourself will determine how you communicate mm -hmm. with others, mm -hmm. how you show respect to towards others, you know, how you see and view this, this world that we're in, the values that you hold, you know, your own practice, religion or spirituality that you engage in, mm -hmm. and your own, you know, desire to be open and have heart-to-heart -heart conversations with someone else. Right. And your ability to be able to... Um, you know, um, create spaces where you feel safe and heard with somebody else. So those may be aspects of what a healthy relationship may have, but if we don't create them with ourselves first, we, how can we expect, you know, to have that or that to be present in, in, in that space in our life too? Yeah, we're all different. We all have different expectations. And like you said, that, that openness and the willingness to talk it out, it's got to yes. be very important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just holding space that, you know, everybody's going to see the world differently. Like mm -hmm. even this past weekend, I had a workshop and it was like, okay, we can all look at that, that at the sun in different areas of the world. And mm -hmm. we can say, well, in this place, it looks, you know, 
really beautiful. But in this area, it's covered slightly by clouds. And in, in this other place, there's some trees. And so there's still the same sun that we're moving around in our, in our solar system. But yet in different areas of the world, we see it differently. Mm -hmm. And just like that, we can see our life. Like we may look at something, but we all have a different perspective of what that is. And so our partner is going to come in with a set of unique perspectives based off of the set of unique experiences they've had. And it is not bad. It is not wrong. There is really nothing, you know, right even about it either. It just is what it is. And so if we can grow our own strength and being able to see that everybody's going to come in with their own opinions, their own points of view, that it never really has anything to do with you. You just have to be able to, you know, learn and grow from the experiences that you feel personally do trigger you or affect you. Then you can actually have more healthier outcomes and conversations. But if you're in a relationship and you are loving to yourself and you feel good about yourself and you happen to get into the relationship, though, where your partner's not, mm -hmm. and do you have, like, a, some kind of advice where somebody could, like, help their partner? Is it just communication and just talking to them or some kind of exercise you could do with them to help them realize that you are lovely and that you're a beautiful being? Yeah, that's so beautiful, you know, and that's something that I truly see when I start to work with people that inside their partnerships, if their partner hasn't yet come to do this work or explore themselves in a deeper way, often they can start to see the ways in which they're growing and they may still have their own kind of limited perspective of themselves. Right. And so one of the most beautiful things that we can do is just come from, again, that very loving space. And really, truly, what that means is like, we don't come into our conversations with them with judgment or making wrong or, you know, um, shutting them down. But in fact, we just want to, you know, really build upon our communication. Mm -hmm. It's like, I hear what you're saying is that you're upset that something I did made you feel like I don't really truly think about you. And is that what I hear you saying? Because they came to you and said, I feel like, you know, I do all these things for you. And then when I asked you to mow the lawn and you didn't do it for two weeks, that you're showing me you don't care. Mm. And so as you build your ability to be able to hear them and communicate and mirror back to what they say, you can just gently say, okay, I can hear that that frustrates you. Could you tell me why? And it's like, well, I, I just get upset and I feel like, you know, I'm not really being listened to and that you don't care. You can say, well, you feel like what I'm hearing is that you're not listened to, you don't care. But is that true? How are the ways that I do express to you that I hear you and that I do care for you? And, and it's like, oh, well, you keep telling me what I'm saying. So I recognize that you're listening. And oh, yeah, you brought me flowers yesterday. And that was very nice. And so maybe this is just something that I'm getting frustrated with that I have to work out, you know, and with myself. And it's like, yes. And that's where if this is happening over and over again, we can gently say, are you interested in looking at maybe this aspect that keeps coming up in our relationship that if we got cleared, it could really help us come to closer together between each other. And that's where you can have those conversations. Yeah, that's a nice way to do it without pushing, being too pushy. <laughs> right. And it takes yeah. some skill because yeah. we're taught, William, you can right. probably agree to this. In our parents' relationships, it was like, 
for me at least, mm. what the other person was doing wrong all the time and how the other person wasn't enough for them. That's how right. I grew up with my parents, even though they've been together 45 yeah. years <laughs> and they love each other and it works. Right. And it just works for them. Mm. And so we also have to recognize that sometimes those paradigms are exactly what the other person needs and there doesn't really need to be anything that needs to be changed unless they want it to change. Right. Yeah, and we all got the our own different love language, so... It's like how you expressed it in that way. You're using their love language to explain what's going on or to question what's going on. Yeah. Help them see the truth of what they're saying. You know, is it true that I really don't care about you or that, you know, I don't listen to you? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and you give them that space without making them wrong. Mm -hmm. And if they say yes, then you say, okay, well... I, in my own perspective, feel I am a good listener, and these are the ways I have been saying, you know, showing you that I care, and so because this is coming up so many times, perhaps you need to open up a space where we could talk about you looking at this place in your life, because it would help us see our love more clearly between each other. Right. Yeah, because like you said, it all comes down to taking care of ourselves. Yes. Yes. Well, that's just beautiful. So how, how do you bring into all this, because you said so much, you know, all the listeners are like, ooh, this is a lot. <laughs> so how, just, to, just to put a little more on their shoulders here, how do you bring spirit guides and past loved ones into this? Like, how, how do they help the relationship status? Like, Well... And you mean relationship status in what way? Like if, to help a relationship work or not work? Be a little more clear about the question. Well, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, um, how do you use the spirit guides maybe to to guide a couple? Mm, yeah, good, good question. Okay, so I have a special gift that alongside when uh, when I was five and I was experiencing all these profound, you know, feelings that were, you know, all surrounding me, my mom and dad's emotions and stuff. Um, I was able to actually see spirits or apparitions or ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have anybody to talk to about that and anybody to share that with. So something that, you know, I kept personally to myself and for a long time didn't um, address or work with because I thought it was bad or scary. And then years later, when I went through this process, opened up and realized this is a gift. So the thing is, is that we all have come into this world with like uh, spirit teams or guides that, you know, they want to uh, have us experience, you know, the things that we are necessary that we chose for for our, our, our best outcomes. They really do. And um, they will sometimes, though, it's good to preemptively tell you this, like in the listeners, have you do like, I'm going to say like really challenging and painful and really hard stuff. Like they'll actually let you go through that and allow you to get to a certain point where you're like, what the heck? Something (laughs) has to change. And it's just like that. When you say something in my life has to change. I want the listeners out there to say, and you can request their guidance and for it to be more clear. You can say, spirit universe, please help me see what it is I need to see and learn. I want to hit the easy button right now. Please do it quickly and clearly. 
And this is then the work of just being open to allowing the guides and spirit in your past loved ones to communicate with you because they will in so many different ways and, and different animals or songs or sensations you may feel at the spine of your back or a conversation you can have later on with somebody else. They can work through human beings, you know, or someone in your life, or they can come to you in a dream and or, you know, in a vision. And so we've all been gifted. There is no one person out there that doesn't have the ability to be able to tap into the unseen or unknown because we all have an inner essence in ourselves mm -hmm. that has been um, built with our GPS system in this life that guides us to the people, places, and things that allow us to have our life happen the way they do. And so we want to remember that we all have these qualities or isn't someone who's, you know, been gifted and I'm not. It's just a matter of telling yourself, I'm going to build this and I'm going to create it stronger so that I can have a better communication with the energy that is here to support me in this journey for my best outcome. And so if you're in a tough spot with your body or in a relationship, just right now say have i reached rock bottom if i have then i'm ready for the communication to come in clearly and to be able to open up this conversation with the spirit and to have them guide me to what it is i need to see right now yes sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom before you really become aware or be open oh yeah. now it's time for me to listen and be Change. open yeah yeah oh, it's absolutely like, it's like an addiction sometimes it takes some when you hit the rock bottom where you finally realize, oh, yeah, I need to change. Yep. Yep. You know that, oh, right? Oh, yes, it's I like... do. All too well. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, William, everybody's rock bottom's different. For right. some, it's like laying in the street, no clothes, no money, mm -hmm. no car, no job, right? That might be rock bottom. And then they rise up from those, yeah. you know, ashes per se, and they, they get a job, they get out an apartment, they get credit cards, they, get, you know, are able to start a whole new life. And then they create a mission that they want to help people who are out on the streets who had it hard, and they make a difference in that way, mm -hmm. right? And so our rock bottoms are also ways in which we can find often the rocket fuel to fulfill our missions in life. Mm -hmm and to be able to complete what it is we're here to do. And so I like to tell people like, you know, it's not fun being there, but there are golden nuggets of wisdom and, and you know, power that reside in these experiences that have been our toughest moments in life and that we can use them actually to be, you know, that, that propelling um, part of our experience towards what we're here to do and what we're here to fulfill for ourselves. Mm, that's, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And it's really nice to know that you do have help out there that you can call on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my you know. gosh. You know, getting to know your spirit guides, you're like, yeah. wait, what? What do you? What, what do you guys want? And and they grow and evolve and change as you grow and evolve. So it's a really, you know, beautiful relationship. So I encourage anyone out there to just play with that. You know, yeah. certainly. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, when I was young in New York, living in the hills, uh, I had one. His name was Tony. That's what I went by with him. Yeah. And as I grew, I totally forgot about it, of course. And then when I got older, like, you know, not just a few years ago, um, I was having this guide, guide that was, but it showed me as a woman. Mm. You know, like, not really an old woman, but she had white hair. And I was like, who are you? Right? Finally, I just said, who are you? And she said, Tony, I've been with you all this time. 
So for no, some no. reason, because maybe because I was a little boy, right. he, he was there as a boy, but now for some reason, I needed the feminine guy. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and it was funny because I was talking to my sister one day, and she brought it up, you know, like, why don't you talk to Tony or something? Like, because she knew I had this friend, invisible friend or whatever. Wow. And I was like, I totally forgot that she even knew anything about that. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it is. So I was like, well, now she's my guide instead of he. <laughs> right. And it's so, so cool to think about how they can change forms to best fit where you need them to be in your life so that right. you can see or hear what it is they have to yeah. say. Because like yeah. you said, it's all energy. You know, we're all energy and it's just how we portray it. You know, oh, so it's just beautiful. beautiful. Yes, it is. Wow. Um, so is there like a, a website or something you'd like to put out there if anybody wanted to get hold of you for? Sure. Well, you know, I really like community. And so one thing I like to invite people if they like what they're listening to or just want to get to know me more or hear more about what I do is to come and join my Facebook group. Um, it's called Empowered Souls. So you can find mm -hmm. it on Facebook and you can also find me there, Elizabeth Tripp. And um, I also am very active on Instagram and that's Elizabeth M. Tripp. So at Elizabeth M. Tripp. And I feel like those are just the best ways to be a part of a community um, and to really then be able to kind of better better get to know me and if, if you want to know more there's links to to finding out about where my home page is my website is and and so go there first yeah it's all about the media everything's yes. out there <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, well it's just been amazing talking to you again i always enjoy speaking with you in person like when we're at a function or even on here it's just awesome yeah oh you're thank you a, me you're too a, you're a beautiful soul and you do so much good work and um, i was glad to hear that uh you're going to be coming out with a book that's right you chose your body learn how to love it you guys can all really go on this exciting journey of realizing that there is a beautiful body that you have that we just need to let go of the ways that we've been, you know, talking to ourselves that have been hurtful, hard, limiting mm. our real beauty, that we're bad or wrong so that we can come back into the shape and size that we truly love and feel happy about. So I'm going to bring everybody on that journey and just how to do that so that by the end of that book, they feel great about themselves. They know how they're, you know, going to move forward and reach their goals and they feel healthy and happy too. I'll look, I'll look forward to seeing that because I tell you, I have so many books because every time I listen to a podcast or something that sounds interesting, I'm like, I got to get that book. Yes, <laughs> so, right? And so then my, like yeah. absorb so much of the information. Uh, yeah. My Kindle's full. My bookshelves are full. Matter of fact, mm -hmm. I just gave away a whole bunch of books because oh. I have so much, you know. That's I, awesome. I just love to learn and, and then it's good because you could take all that stuff and then use it for your clients as well so. oh yeah yeah and who doesn't yeah. love a great book collection oh, you know definitely. you just look at it and it looks pretty so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay yeah. so it's been great again elizabeth yeah thank yeah. you william i really enjoyed it thank yeah. you perhaps when your book comes out then i'll have you back on here and you can talk about that and we'll get the yes. news out there 
Oh, that would be lovely. Thank yeah. you. I awesome. appreciate it. And I'm going to be sure to share this podcast and show you my support. And I'm, congratulations. It's an amazing journey you're taking on and super rewarding. So mm, you're going to love it. Thank you very much. I'm loving it already. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I am William Ramada. This podcast is to help you remember that you have a purpose in life. This is to motivate, inspire, and guide you to a happy, fulfilled life. The world can be a noisy place, and we tend to lose focus on the purpose of our individual journeys. I use my various experiences, education, and other modalities to help you cancel out the noise and focus on your needs and desires in your journey.